Agent Lloyds of London. Dear Nigel, I thought I should warn you ahead of the final account that, as I feared, you did make a loss for the year just closed. Not a big one, just a few thousand pounds. A loss. A loss. How extraordinary. That had never happened before. They'd have to talk about it tonight. Despite her resolve, as the train jerked and swayed along, she began to think about him again. Him and the night before. He really had had the most profound effect on her. He was one of that entirely new breed of traders. The market makers, sprung not from the great public schools, but the east end of London. I'm one of your electronic barrow boys, so-called. He held out his hand. Gary Horton known these days as Blue. He peered at her name badge. Lucinda Cowper. It's pronounced Cooper. The W silent. Are you really called Lucinda? Yes, of course. Is that so unusual? Well, where I come from it is. I mean, that is a posh name. Seriously posh. I think you're being rather rude. She moved away and was in earnest conversation with one of the other editors when Blue Horton appeared at her side again. I just wanted to apologise. I've got a real gift for saying the wrong thing. It's all right. Now, if you'll excuse me... Now, don't go. One of the reasons I got carried away was because... Well, because you're so bloody gorgeous. So how long have you been married, then? Three and a half years. And kids? Got any kids? No, not yet. And, uh... Where'd you live? Don't tell me. Somewhere not too far away from Sloan Square. Well, yes. Actually, in dinosaur country. Would you have lunch with me one day? No, she said, staring at him. Of course not. Why, of course? Well, isn't it obvious? Not really, no. Mr Horton, I'm... Well, I'm married, you know that. And married ladies never have lunch with gentlemen. Is that right? You know perfectly well what I mean. No, I don't. And then he leaned forward and kissed her. On the mouth. Only very briefly. But it was enough. Elizabeth Beaumont was becoming obsessed with her upper arms. Oh, for goodness sake, she thought reaching for her bag, ready to leave the gym and go to the hairdresser. You shouldn't even be thinking about your arms. You should be thinking about the meeting. Elizabeth had a very big job. She was managing director of one of London's leading advertising agencies, Hargreaves, Harris and Osborne, known in the business as H2O. She adored her work and was immensely good at it. She loved the constant striving for excellence. Viewed from the outside, indeed, she was an absolute success. Admired and fated, self-assured, in complete command of herself and her life. From the inside, it was a little different. Simon Beaumont had never been remotely jealous of his wife's success. Indeed, he was extremely proud of it, generous both emotionally and practically. It helped, of course, that he was a success himself, a board director of Greyburn and French, merchant bankers. And that morning, in Elizabeth's absence at her meeting, he was seeing his eldest daughter Annabel off to boarding school, which he was happy to do. 
it provided an opportunity to admire both the girls and their mothers. He really was a father to be proud of, Annabel thought, looking at him as he appeared in her bedroom doorway. He was very good-looking, tall and slim, with loads of hair still, even if it was going a bit grey. Come on, we're going to be late. Well, we'll have to be late. I can't find one of my essays. Just give me five minutes. Sweetheart, you should have got everything ready last night. Yes, all right, sorry. She went over to him, gave him a kiss. I was busy last night. Hmm. Partying until after midnight. Well, it was the last chance before we all go back to prison. I'm ready. Any more luggage? No. I travel light. Bye, Josie. Josie was the Portuguese housekeeper. There was a pile of letters on the hall table. One those, said Annabel. What? Oh, maybe.